Hi, and welcome to the Hingham Cast. I'm your host, Allie Donnelly. For the last 20 years, I've been on TV, a reporter for NECN and NBC Boston. But I'm telling stories in this new way here on Boston South Shore. The Hingham Cast is hyper local, exploring issues through the lens of one small town. But the questions are universal. How do we build better communities? Can we be happier, healthier? Can we open our minds, challenge the status quo? Can we all be more connected? I say yes. Let's start now. We love the natural light in the kitchen. On the back, it has a huge deck and a screened-in porch. It's just beautiful. Jill O'Donnell is house hunting. She's lived in Hingham with her daughter, Ellie, for the last five years. In the fall, she needed to find a new home and wanted to stay local. Tell me why you needed a new house. When the pandemic hit, Ellie's dad and I, because we had shared custody, decided to quarantine together to, to make life easier. So after spending, you know, months together with quite a bit of time, we decided that, you know, we really did want to be together. We came together as a family and wanted to live in the same home and raise Ellie together. So most of us, Jill, are threatening to leave our spouses and (laughs) our like pandemic love story. I know. To live together, they'd need to sell Jill's house and get a bigger one. And as luck would have it, Jill had just gotten a letter from a Boston couple looking to move. Would she consider selling? Yeah, I I kind of felt like it was like, wow, we're so lucky. And then I thought, well, why not? Let me have them come look. Jill ends up selling her house to the Boston couple. And with nothing weighing them down, she and her partner, Tim, thought they were in a great position to buy. But when they started looking... We realized that there were very few houses on the market in in our price range. Yeah. We basically were, you know, lucky if one house came on per week, you know, particularly back in the fall, um, you know, we would go to the open house and it would look like, you know, the entire block, say, of the of the street would just be cars. I mean, you couldn't believe the number of people that <laughs> were going to look at this one particular house, which in and of itself, was very stressful. Still, they thought they had no contingencies, they were ready to pull the trigger, and when they found a house they wanted, their initial offer was over-asking. But not over-asking enough. We didn't realize that people were going, you know, 100,000 over-asking had actually become the norm. Wow. And not only that, but a lot of people were coming from Boston and paying cash for houses. Wow. So what was that pressure? What was that stress? Yeah, so it was it was very stressful because there was just a lot of risk in making this huge investment and you're having to make, you know, decisions very quickly because initially when we started putting in offers, they would they would take offers right away and might cancel open houses. Mm-hmm. But eventually the market evolved where they would have all offers due on Sunday, which took the pressure off a little bit. But you still didn't know who you were competing with, what they were going to offer. You knew it was going to be, you know, high. 
They lost three houses. Ironically, they were the highest financial bidder on the last one, but lost the deal because the other buyers were all willing to waive inspections. So it's it's the biggest investment we're ever going to make in our life. And we wanted to, you know, have some understanding and security that there wasn't anything major going on with the house. So we had said we would, if we could still have an inspection, but we would not ask the uh, seller to, you know, fix anything, or we wouldn't ask for an adjustment on the sales price, but we really wanted to do it, you know, for our own peace of mind. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're willing to say, okay, if we find something wrong with the house, we're not even going to ask you to fix it. We just want the inspection. And you still lost houses? Yes. Wow. What does that say to you? It just felt crazy, honestly. It felt like all logic and common sense had gone out the window in this particular market. Yeah. So Tim and I had a lot of really serious discussions about, you know, how how worth it is it to stay in Hingham and how, you know, how Mm -hmm. is the town going to change where, you know, only certain people can buy here. And also like, you know, again, this is a lot of money we're talking about and Mm. we could do a lot of things with that money. And is it, you know, do we want to just put all that money into our house? Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, really scary because at the same time, you know, we like living here. Our daughter loves being here. She's been in the school system for five years. She has her friends. Yeah, yeah. I want to pause here to ask if you like these conversations, support us by subscribing to and downloading the Hingham Cast wherever you listen. Join our Facebook page, sign up for our emails, connect. Okay, back to Jill and her house hunt. Huh. So, um, so obviously so crazy kind of what you went through, but yeah, in the end, you did get a house. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. We did find a house in a neighborhood that we absolutely love and we were thrilled and we immediately, I mean, even when we saw it come up in the pictures, we're already thinking about like, oh, what, what are we going to have to offer to get it and <laughs> all those things <laughs> um, and how high, you know, you really just start thinking it's, it almost feels like you're dealing with like fake money because you start thinking like, yeah. well, how high can I go? It's, it's like monopoly money, you know, at that point. And but at the same time, we knew after looking for months that this is a great house. We really have to kind of get serious about this offer and Mm. learn from, you know, our past, you know, disappointments and in losing houses in this particular market, what we had to do to get it. But you almost didn't. We were lucky that we had, you know, our offer was was high enough, but we did find out that there was, you know, an escalation clause or more, you know, more than one. I think there were like six offers. So people had started so that they didn't lose houses like we had in the past to put in escalation clauses where they would kind of automatically go over another bid yeah. um, on the house by, you know, in an increment, whether it was 5000 or $10,000. Um, up and up to a certain ceiling uh, price. This next part blows my mind. Little did Jill know, the house she was renting while she was in between houses would end up being a negotiating tool. So you came in over the highest bid on the escalation clause. Mm-hmm. You said you'd pay for any changes yourself with the inspection. 
but you kind of had this other golden ticket in your back pocket because you're renting a house right near Hingham Center because you're out of your other house. Mm -hmm. And the people selling the house may very well take that rental over from you. (laughs) Yeah. And why that's so critical is there aren't any rentals to be found in Hingham, it seems. Right. I mean, that inventory is is even smaller than homes to buy from what we're hearing from real estate agents. Wow. Did you ever think that would be your tipping point in buying a house? No, never. <laughs> and again, we were just kind of laughing like this is, you know, this is nuts how this has worked out. Do you worry at all that you may have overpaid for your house? I mean, on this particular house, we don't, but I would say yes. I mean, in general, with this market, you know you're paying a premium. Mm. We do feel, we feel a lot better about this house than even some other houses that we put offers on. And, Mm. you know, we don't blame people for taking advantage of a seller's market and a good market, Mm -hmm. but some of the prices I just, Mm. but... You know what? Like I said before, it's all about being happy and your family being happy. So at the end of the day, I guess you, you know, you can't put a price on that. Well, Jill O'Donnell, I'm glad you and your family are staying and uh, I'll see you around town. Thank you. So are we. Thanks, Allie. Before we move on to our next guest and hear about houses sold sight unseen, skyrocketing median prices, and what that could mean for the fabric of community, I want to point you to our media partner, The Hingham Anchor. There you can put faces to these voices and find links and show notes. It's HinghamAnchor.com. Okay, back to our conversation. I want to bring in my next guest, Wallace Boyer. She's a realtor at Coldwell Banker in Hingham. Hey, Wallace. Hi, Allie. When COVID first hit, how did you think that would affect the market? I would say we were all nervous about what was going to happen. We were very concerned about what was going to happen with the market and values. No no question. Yeah. Very quickly, we learned that there, in fact, was nothing to worry about, that we were going to have a robust spring even during the pandemic. And it was really a perfect storm of people moving from Boston because they wanted to have space and a life during a time that people were holed up in apartments, Mm. people wanting more out of the existing space that they had within Hingham and the surrounding areas, wanting office space, wanting yard space, wanting a basement for the kids to go, and historic interest rates, which were extremely low. Mm -hmm. And... It's a wild ride we're on at the moment. Yeah, map out that wild ride for me. What what are you seeing? So people are are doing are trying to be creative when they buy and they're trying to make themselves look as desirable as possible. So people are getting rid of contingencies, they're getting rid of mortgage contingencies, they're getting rid of inspection contingencies. Mm. They're writing personal letters, they're sending pictures of their children. Um, they're putting more money down with their offer. They're doing escalation clauses. The offers that we are receiving are often very clean and high. How much over asking are you seeing? We're seeing a wide range. So if you're if you have you're putting your home on the on the market for a million dollars, we are seeing as high as over a hundred thousand, over one hundred and fifty thousand. It depends on the house and its location. Okay, give me the nuttiest thing you've seen or heard about from other agents. (laughs) The nuttiest things. We have seen 
are certainly sight unseen offers. Mm. So someone has not been in the home, they're willing to buy it and never have stepped foot in. Wow. And that's not just from somebody living overseas. No, it's some, from someone who lives in New York City or it's someone who just can't get here and don't, they don't want to miss out. I know you're big on data. So bring me through kind of last year, this year, 2019 through where we are now. Sure. So, you know, last year during this time, we had a median price of $797,000. Our median price now is $925,000. So, you know, obviously we've had a big, a big raise in the median price. We also have only 18 houses on the market right now. Mm. And what that does obviously is, is create a energy that when things come on, they go quickly. And a lot of them are over asking at the moment because you just have a lot of people who want to be here and not enough houses to sell. So with the 18 listings, which we currently have in the market, the average list price is 1.4, mm. which is, you know, obviously very high. Yeah. And the, in the last month, you know, out of the homes that have been pending, our average price on those homes are 1.2. Yeah. And to give you some perspective, below 700,000, we've only had three homes come on in the last month. Wow. How long are houses staying on the market? So our average in the last month is about 10 days. Huh, that actually seems longer than I would have said. Well, you some of them are one day, but if you go from accepted offer to contingent to under agreement, that time there's a few days that lack. But I would say most of the houses are under agreement within three days. Wow, that is nuts. <laughs> it's nuts. And what would you say that that average was? last year? Three times the amount. Yes. The other interesting thing is that we have 56 houses that are have an accepted offer. So mm-hmm. there's many houses that have gone under and not a lot to buy. Yeah. Yeah. So I hadn't heard of escalation clauses before. Yes. Map that out for me. So an escalation clause is, is someone who comes in and they've, let's say your house is on the market for a million dollars. They're going to give you an over asking offer. We're going to say it's we're going to give you a million fifty, and we're going to have an escalation clause. So we will be five thousand higher than your highest offer, and then you put a cap on that. So let's say their cap is one two. Then, as a seller, you accept you. Let's say the escalation clause goes to that high. You're going to sell your house for one two zero five. Hmm. They're being used quite a bit. It seems. I mean, I don't know. It it feels like dirty pool. <laughs> no, Al, you're not wrong. Some sellers say, you know, that feels like cheating to me. Hmm. And and often I've been in situations where a seller says, I'm going to go with the offer that's given me the highest, and I'm not going to go with the escalation clause because it's $5,000 difference, and this person was gutsy enough just to give me the number. Hmm. It does happen. You're not alone there. So, I mean, that kind of fear, low inventory, these escalation clauses, people willing to do all these wacky things. What would you worry about the price of a home and what that means in the end? Sure. it's. I would say it's my biggest worry as a buyer's agent that you have to look at the particular property and say, what is this going to look like in five years? What is this going to look like in 10 years? Some properties you don't worry about. And you say, this is such a great area and the house has all the bells and whistles, and you really don't have to worry about the value. But there are some homes I, I lose sleep over 
because I say to my clients, it's just, it's never, you're never going to get this money back. So how do you think that'll play out in the hangem market? Well, it's interesting. Right now, people are just going guns blazing. Mm. Hingham is a strong real estate town. We all know that. We've always known that. Many people in these homes that are going to be safe for years to come because it depends on how long they want to be there. Mm. If you're only going to be there for a short stint, it's five years, you you have to worry about it. But if you're going to be here for the long haul and you're going to watch the market go up and down, people are less worried. So tell me about that five-year buyer. I would assume a fair amount of these buyers who are coming from the city and buying their first home after a condo, they might not plan to stay there more than five years. So what happens to them? So those people I am just honest with, and I say, this is, this is what I think it's really worth. And I think we're in, a, we're in an environment that, that is driving prices up, but this is what it's worth. And we have that conversation. And then it's up to them to decide whether they want to go past that number. Yeah. And some do and some don't. Yeah, yeah. You know, Jill is an awesome family. They're invested in Mm -hmm. the community. You know, they've been here. They're in the school system. But, you know, families like hers, like mine. I mean, my husband says, let's sell. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Where would we go? What's your concern for who's going to be able to live here and stay here? So my concern always is you want you want different people from different price points, from different parts of the world. You know, we want that in Hingham and we want all different socioeconomic ranges. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's a concern for sure. And I think that the prices have knocked people out in certain ranges. And then in certain levels, you know, the the 400,000 to the 700, it's it's a small amount Mm -hmm. right now of houses that Mm -hmm. are coming on in that number. And they're being gobbled up quickly because there are so many people who want to move to this town in that price range. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's an obvious concern. Those houses aren't coming on. And, you know, we want all different people to be in this town. So it's it's a, for sure a concern for me. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how that will play out. Obviously, there's a, a strong movement in Hingham for more affordable housing, but that will, yes. it sounds like that will only mean building. Right. And we don't have a lot of space to build on. Yeah. So how long do you think this can go on or will oh, go on? Million dollar question, Allie Donnelly. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a crystal ball because if I did, I could answer a lot of these questions. But in all the reports and, and what's been coming in, we think we're going to have a, a, another strong year. But we just don't know. That is the one thing about the pandemic. As much as we all can, can think and research it's it's really unknown because this is such a different time in all of our lives. Yeah. But we think we're going to have another strong year. So does that map out to another nuts year? I mean, what does strong mean to you at this point? No, I it, I don't think it maps out to another nuts year. It just maps out to we believe that people are still going to be wanting more out of their homes and moving to the suburbs and having space and having yards. Because even as we hopefully get back to a normal life, we all have learned that home is where we're spending our time and where we feel comfortable and where we're safe. So the the suburban lifestyle will continue to be a desirable choice. Yeah, but the question is, I mean, we have lots of towns that surround us that might be more attractive. Absolutely. And, you know, many of my clients are looking in all South Shore towns because Mm -hmm. as we've all learned, a lot of people aren't going back to the office anytime soon. So that commute is is less important. So people are going further south, 
they're going further west and and feeling like they're not going to be in the office five days a week. And what will that mean, do you think? I think it means that we're going to lose some really great people. Hmm. But unfortunately, with 18, 18 homes on the market, we're, we're in a position where we're searching for people who want to sell. When you see people leaving Hingham in this market, why are they leaving? Well, there's certainly a lot of people who want to cash out. And they say, I'm willing, I'm at a certain age and I've loved this town. My kids are older and we feel like it's a good time to sell. Mm. Those people are absolutely thrilled. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. But a lot of people will stay in Hingham in homes that have been fine for them. But mm-hmm. because they love this town and they're happy here, they will just stay where they are. Yeah. So that that there's a lot of people that are making that decision because there is nowhere to go. Yeah, that's... Nuts. I know. I do think what makes Hingham great is all the different people that have different opinions and live in different homes at different price points. And I don't want that to end. Not that I have control over that, but I do think we need to have a breadth of price points in this town. Mm. And I think that's getting harder and harder as this market has has increased so what's the answer? I think the, you know, of course, affordable housing is one of them. But the answer is also, it's okay for some streets to have small capes and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and bungalows to stay. And you, you you do sort of do a drive-through and you see so many houses that have been added on to. And I think that's wonderful too. And um, But as this town gets more expensive, we certainly see people leave because they want more for their money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is so much to unpack and many more conversations to be had about affordable housing and um, opening up that breadth of of inventory. So please stay tuned for that. Wallace Boyer of Cobalt Banker, I thank you so much. Thank you. I want to thank my podcasting partner, the talented and gorgeous Kristen Keith. Our website was designed by Donna Mavramatis and her terrific team at Mavril Creative. And our intern is Ellie Formasano from Boston College. I'm Ellie Dunley. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.